All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Float Universe podcast. Glad to have a guest with us tonight, a guest episode. Uh, this Tonight's guest, OK Schizo, a host of his own podcast he just launched. Uh, what's the name of the podcast? Uh, the Pondering Podcast. The Pondering Podcast. So he just he just did episode one. I've been following him on now on Instagram now. It seems like about two years, but we're going to find out how long he's actually been on there. So welcome, OK Schizo. How you doing? Hey, dude, I'm glad to be here, man. I've been a longtime fan of the uh, everything you do, Float, and uh, it's, I'm really happy to be here, and I'm happy to put these vibes out into the collective. Uh, I, I started my meme page, uh, I believe it was either March or April of 2020, and uh, you know the reason why I did it was because at the time I was working at a liquor store, and I was working the night shift and I had a lot of free time on my hands. And, uh, you know, with all the craziness going on in the world, I was like, you know what? I feel like I, I feel very alone and I'm sure other people feel alone too. So I'm gonna make some memes and share some memes that, uh, you know, play into that. And so people know that there's, there's people that are going through it all, right? We're all going through this together. So you, you started right there at the time of the lockdown in the, the beginning of this. Oh yeah, that's, that's what, uh, galvanized me into creating my memes right uh, you know maybe i maybe i unlocked you in the collective uh unconscious there because that's like really when i, I had been harboring all these things secretly like the QAnon and the deep conspiracy stuff but my page for the for at that time and three or four years prior was just centrist uh peace and love you know i, I the dark side of spirituality but mainly just rainbows and acid and float tanks and smoking weed and and yeah then you 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 know you were much you're taking like the more like you know casting a very wide net into the norminium right well the thing was i was sitting in i, I felt like i was sitting in such a space of oneness that that was just the natural consequence of the the spiritual progress i had reached but then when the pandemic started and, the, and this whole thing started in uh, march of 2020 it got to a point where lines had to be drawn, right? Like in terms of masks and, and getting eventually um, vaccinated. And so at that point, um, I mean, I, I already known about like all these things that these elite had been planning to do for years. And so it's like, okay, yeah. do, I, do I say nothing? Do I just, do I just, do I just be quiet and just go along with the crowd? But so many, yeah, so, so many, go ahead. I was just going to say like, what you're describing is the, uh, the activation uh, of Sigma males, which is, you know, I'm a Sigma male and, you know, I, I, I'm willing to sit back and let uh, all of this chaos unfold. Uh, but the moment it begins to affect me, well, that's when you're going to have a problem. And that's when I'm going to give you hell. So, you know, my life has been uprooted because of all of this fucking bullshit. And, uh, you know, that's when you that's when you've, uh, you know, you've activated the Sigma males. And I'm not the only one. It's a self-organizing collective of people, most of them Sigma males, because, you know, the Sigma male just wants to be left alone. And if you don't leave them alone, well, there's going to be a problem. You know, that makes sense, too, because I, I definitely feel like I, I, I was activated and I was definitely, you know, I didn't have too much skin in the game except for helping people wake up, which was kind of my job at the float center when I was working there. But then I really mm -hmm. got the, the skin in the game with the the hoax and the hospitals, CDC kill factories and the remdesivir. And my dad died as a consequence of hospitals following CDC protocols uh, to kill mm -hmm. people. And so I said, you know what? They, they, they're going to rue the day that they, they did this to my dad because you've officially activated me now. And now I have nothing to lose. I don't care. I'm in it to mm -hmm. win it. I don't care if I get banned. I'm going to keep getting back up and keep going. I don't care if I have a wife or girlfriend, kids, uh, a career. You've activated me now, and now I'm going to do everything I can to dump on the internet the only tool I have to combat these people. 
yes, and it's a very similar situation for me. And I, you know, I'm I'm sorry to hear about your dad, and uh, you know, it's awful what these is these people are doing, and it's you know, it's uh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, it's like there's really it's, so what you're describing, like what I hear, you know, and how I resonate with it is like the the role of like a warrior uh, in society, right? It's like not everyone is a warrior, right? Uh, some people they are, you know, some people they like to fight, right? And people that go out seeking fights are not warriors, right? Because if you think about it, like uh, in the military, you know, they have people, they, they screen for people, right? Uh, my background, we'll get into this, but like my background's in like parapsychology and psycholinguistics. And uh, my, I was on the path of becoming a psychologist before all of this happened. And I had to uh, abandon not only my educational uh, pursuits that I'd been working for for a very long time, but also uh, the job that I had, uh, you know, I lost that because of this uh, in, in hysteria. So I, you know, my entire life has been uprooted. Um, I now live in the woods. Uh, now, what, what, let, I, me, I, let me interrupt I, you. There. What part of the hysteria did you caught up in the back stuff or the, how did you no, lose your job? I, I knew, Okay, so, okay, so I lost my job because of the vaccine mandates. They required me to have that, and then uh, my education. I decided not to continue um, in about March of 2020 because I realized, you know, I knew about COVID because of my, you know, use of online forums from, you know, uh, like October of 2019 is when I first started talking about it. And, uh, you know, at the time, I had just lost my my brother to suicide and he was in the military. And, you know, I, it was almost like this thing where it kind of just all of that with the combination of uh, the COVID beginning and trying to explain to people um, about COVID and, you know, my brother, uh, you know, losing my brother, a lot of people in my life, I think thought that I was just going insane, but it was mostly that I just, you know, it's like, I am a Sigma male and I see all this stuff unfolding. And, uh, you know, if you fuck with me to the extent, you know, I, I am a warrior, right? So I don't want to fight any, no warrior wants to go out and look for a fight, but uh, the warrior is the one who, you know, once the fighting has already began, he's the one who puts his foot down and says, all right, enough. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. It's been, um, sacrifice after sacrifice and now i've got nothing to lose so i'm i'm, I'm ready now i'm, I'm yep. activated and I'm we're in the soldiers game. in the meme war yeah so how long have you been one thing i've been trying to figure out with your account is now when you first look at it, it looks like a bunch of stuff off message boards right now how much yes. of that stuff are you actually creating because i know like with me i have a lot of uh, oh, yeah. other accounts that i ghostwrite for or sometimes mm -hmm. i won't watermark things sometimes i will um, yes, but a lot of stuff. Recently you you have me, it exactly right. You have it exactly on okay. the nose. What I do. So you kind of sneak some of your stuff in there with. Oh, yes. Yes. Like I'll watermark some of my memes that I want, like that are like the green pill. Like when I make a green pill meme, I like to watermark it because I want people to be able to come back to my page and find where they can find more material for like my reading list or my uh, my speaks, my 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 the things I post, you know, my podcast, my uh, workshops I do on my Patreon. And uh, I want people to be able to find that, but some, you know, I'll post on message boards and mix it in with everything else I do. So, and I, I want that line to be completely blurred for, you know, I think it's in spirit of the meme magic, you know, in alchemy, right? Um, all of the alchemical scrolls, you know, all of the like alchemists, like early alchemists, they all use pseudonyms because they would be killed for the things they're sharing on these scrolls. So they would either use a pseudonym or they'd be entirely anonymous. Like that's why in, you know, in the collective unconsciousness, we have like this idea of like the, 
the, the person who's scrying, right? Scrying was the art of going through all of these scrolls and deriving meaning from the uh, endless stream of schizo rambles and uh, insanity, right? That's the, and you can do that with an orb, right? That's why I do, I'm big on pondering the orb because pondering the orb is scrying the internet. The internet is the best scrying tool that we have. Uh, it's new technology, right? It's existed, right? It was, at one point it was, uh, you know, you'd stare at the stars, right? And then at one point it would may have been, you'd stare at these uh, scrolls as the alchemist did. And then, uh, uh, you know, maybe you were staring into the orb, right, at one point in history, and now we have this beautiful Aquarian technology that is the internet, and what is better to do on the internet than to look at, you know, look at what's going on, and, you know, through the vast, uh, vastness of the internet, you can sort of stare at this, and you get, you know, you stare at this vast sea of endless information, and you sort of find your reflection in that. It's almost like oh, the, dude. Of the magic yes. mirror. Yes, yes, well, I love it. See, now, two things. First of all, the Black scrying mirror the iphone the tv the, you know stanley yes. kubrick's 2001 monolith ultimately um black scrying mirrors but the other thing i wanted to say was and i just oh no i just you know one of the things about i love about taking acid is it's very provable what you just said like i love taking acid and then getting on youtube and letting the random number generator which isn't a random number generator of the internet mm -hmm. reflect back to me the insanity of that temporary state of being very high on acid um, I, mm -hmm. it, it, and depending on what I really focus my mind on, you can come up with some really uh, crazy, astonishing things. So I definitely, that's kind of been the whole push of Float Universe in the beginning when I was having an awakening, which was, wow, like I'm, I'm thinking of things and I'm putting a lot of energy into ideas. And then later, as I forget about them, they manifest, sometimes small, sometimes very big. Sometimes it's a direct reflection of me and the memes and what I'm going through. And so that was a real breakthrough for me that, yeah, the collective unconscious, this, this field of energy that we're all sharing in the, in the reflection of your uh, vibration, I guess the best way mm -hmm. to put it. So with the universe okay, is a mirror. Right. So yeah. with, with OK Schizo, how did you come up with that name? And it, tell, tell us for the people that's never seen your page yeah. before, tell, tell us about your page. Yeah, so I started my page uh, with, so the name, the name came from this point in time where I was in early 2020, where I had just lost my brother. And I'm basically telling everyone, look at this uh, big event that's going to occur. I didn't know what it was going to be. I always had the, you know, I was worried about how severe COVID would be, which I'm sure a lot of the, the fast learners at that time were, you know, the people I've talked to that are in the conspiracy realm, right? They, the fringe groups, they're, they're all, they were all very concerned about what COVID was, the, you know, was it going to be this deadly bioweapon or what, you know, what is it, what is the truth behind it? And the truth is always, you know, it's a gray area, right? So it's at that time, right? I was concerned about what COVID was, but during this time when I was telling people about COVID um, and being like, look at what's happening in China, you know, uh, everyone around me, the, the media wasn't talking about it, right? The legacy media hadn't really uh, caught up, right? It's a very archaic system. And, uh, you know, everyone around me, I believe, uh, well, I know a lot of the people around me just thought I was going insane because I lost my brother. So, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah. So I think oh, that's I, yeah, the thing. I and, I, and I was seeing a psychologist at the time to deal with um, the loss of my brother. And uh, he was a very bad psychologist, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, he he was he was like, you know, I, I was basically telling him about all this COVID stuff. And uh, he was like, you know, is this interfering with your daily life? Basically saying, you know, uh, I'm coping with the loss of my brother through this delusion that is 
COVID-19. Mind you, this was back in October of 2019 where I'm being told I'm crazy because I'm, I'm trying to warn people about what's happening. And uh, that's how I came up with the name OK Schizo because I, that's basically what everyone, that's basically where I was uh, in the early 2020s, late 2019s because uh, everyone was just like, oh, look at this guy. He's lost his mind. Yeah, it sounds like uh, to a degree, maybe a dark night of the soul slash awakening. Does that, did that, has that happened to you yet? Have you had gone through an awakening or a dark night of the soul? I mean, maybe your brother's um, situation is the dark night. I don't know. Well, I think uh, in my framework of how I look at it, uh, nothing has really, uh, I, I'm just reading my roles. You see what I mean? Like I was born into the, the woo, I, you know, for whatever reason, my intuition uh, was guiding me. I was always interested in these sort of uh, the, the topics that you're not able to talk about. So you've always been, you've always been in the space of uh, Bigfoot conspiracy, UFO, yes, for as long, for, as, you know, as young as I can remember, I was. Me too, Atlantis and uh, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for me, I guess like the awakening event for me was really, uh, uh, it was probably when I was like, like, you know, I was about 13 or 14 years old and I read Prometheus Rising by Robert Anton Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic. That was really like, yeah, no, that book really got the uh, the almonds cracking <laughs> in my in my noggin. Oh yeah, so you're you were really ahead of the curve then, because you know we're telling people now that it's a conspiracy, and these half these people still don't believe it. You know, so it's like crazy. Yeah, they're, they're just slow October learners. of 2019. You know, Show you mercy know. and grace upon them. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're slow learners. They they have to wait until the uh, establishment wants to let them know that it's time to believe something. So how much time every day do you spend? Uh, I, I, you may be the only person out besides me that, that or the person above me that sees more content because I, t my eyes bleed every day from the Telegram groups and the Instagram and the Facebook. Yeah, and the uh, it just depends. You know, it's like uh, my main concern is like creating communities. So it's like, you know, when I'm building one, like I just started a Discord. I have my Telegram. It's like. I'm very active in like setting it up and letting it become its own thing. Uh, so, see, I, I was trying to figure that out because I'm like the Telegram stuff you have. I'm like, God, I, I love that one group where everybody's just dropping stuff. But it's like, how does he keep oh, up yeah, with yeah. all so these that's, different groups? That's, and, no, and I, I don't. That's like the comment section. So on Telegram, there's like a there's two there's like a, you have a broadcasting channel. And like that's where, uh, you know, I post things. And then I have like a team of people that help me curate content and they post through there as well. And then there's like the comment section. So I think you, when you first got on Telegram, you were only in my comment section. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really go through that. I think the Telegram has a lot of bots. They have a lot of uh, people that just are like uh, the neo-Nazis and uh, all of this stuff. And I, it's just kind of, there's like gore and there's like all this pornography. So I don't really. Well, yeah, it's uh, like uh, eight, 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 four chan and eight coon for on, a, on an app. Yeah, it's like that, but it's just much more chaotic and, uh, and it's easier to use. That's the big problem is that it's much more accessible. So you have all of these very edgy people that would not get past the filter of learning how to use 4chan. I was going to say, like, e even for me, when I first got into Q and stuff, I'm like, man, so how, do, how do people follow these boards? How do they? But <laughs> once you get in there, it, 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 it's still yeah. kind of confusing to me, like 8kun and trying to follow some of these Q, Q boards. I mean, so how did you start getting into these boards? <laughs> Like since you're like 13 or something? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was much younger than that. Uh, so where I, where I'm from, my, I'm from a very small town and it's like a, it's, there's not a whole lot here where, where I grew up, you couldn't even get internet access. 
And when I was younger, I would go to the library, right? And that's what I would do after school is I would go to the library and I would read and I would go on to the computer because that was like the only access I had to the internet until I was like 13. So when I was younger, like eight, you know, seven, I would go to the library and I'd play RuneScape. And, uh, you know, these were all things that people at the library had told me about, right? The older people. So there was people there that told me about 4chan. So I was like uh, using 4chan when I was like eight years old. Wow. I never, okay. That, that was You're the only master. website I ever... I, I was born on, I, you know, some people, some people adapt to the Chan. It's like, I was born in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, wow. That's a Bane post for all of the uh, people who <laughs> are that autistic as I, as I make, you know, not, not as an insult, you know, I love all, uh, I love all people. Like we all have roles in this cosmic dance, you know, yeah. I'm sure I'm on the autistic spectrum. I know some people think it's like an insult if you say that, but I, you know, all the autistic people I know, they're, they, they're in the know of that, you know? They no, know I don't that. think it's bad. Listen, no, I think autism is a superpower. I uh, yeah, you're immune to propaganda for one thing. I don't know. You, I'm yeah. sure you, you, you might have been the one that posted that. Somebody posted a story the other day, and I think I reposted it not too long ago, which was uh, basically autistic people are immune to propaganda. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm very pro uh, neurodivergent. <laughs> I, I, if anything, I'm intolerant towards uh, neurotypical people and uh, what I refer to as the normies. Yeah, no, I definitely prefer um, schizophrenic type energy and mentalities. Uh, until they get to the point where they're like, they think they're targeted individuals and stuff like that. Now, do you, do you think a targeted individual is a real thing? Or do you think they're just full um, on like people that have lost it? Okay. So like my take on that is like, I'm sure that there are like organizations that do target people, but I'm sure that there's like for every like one person that's like actually targeted, there's like a thousand schizos that think they're targeted. So Right. So that's you what know. I used to run into a lot of on Instagram when I was really like mixing it up with yeah. people. They would send me the most schizo type messages and, and they would be relentless, too. They would not stop. And I'm like, oh, I'm a target yeah, so individual like, gang, a gang stalked and all these things. I'm like, oh, that's scary. So it's like, a, you know, a sign. There, so with schizophrenia, right, uh, it's like you're you're tapped in to the collective unconscious, but you're really not in control of the thing it's, it's you're in this fear state it's like a negative imprint right so you have paranoia right and all intelligent people are paranoid right and uh but see the thing is is like if you have a positive imprint at these sort of higher levels of consciousness that involve the collective unconscious then you have what is known as uh pro noia which is like the opposite of paranoia where you actually enjoy the uh insanity of it all yeah. and oh, growing yeah. up i was extremely paranoid right i was going through the what i refer to in my community we call this the schizo gauntlet so it's you know i was extremely paranoid withdrawn antisocial and then at some point in my life, I just began to uh, embrace the uncertainty and uh, insanity of clown world. That's that's kind of what the spiritual the journey has led me to the ultimate realization of. I mean, do you let me ask you this. Do you think there's free will or do you think you're observing something that's already been filmed? Ah, see, it's like questions like that are so nuanced. You know, it's like it's hard to give like a exact well, well, answer. Well, I, well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear here. Do you think that you have choice over your actions? You, you can choose or like I've had mm -hmm. experiences on acid and in, in the float tank where I've become I've just been the pure awareness witnessing mm -hmm. floats personal life. So, I mean, see, I, I think seemingly like I think like, like I'm in a movie theater watching a movie of my life mm -hmm. thinking like I can stop the movie and direct and change things. But no, the movie's already been filmed. It's on the screen. All mm -hmm. I can do is watch and react. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that's sort of like a state of, I believe, like like philosophical and ontological disassociation. So I, the, the way I look at it is the, the universe provides and guides for us. So, uh, you know, the universe is a conscious thing that is re reactive to the, the part of the divine sparks of the universe that are within all of us as its creation. So to say that it's, you know, do you have free will or is the universe uh, using you like a puppet? That is the question of the snake eating itself, right? It's an endless fractal. So I do not even understand the intention of differentiating that. It might, this is how I look at it. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, do I have free will or is right. the universe playing my free strings? Will. And it's, well, it's it, a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, well, no, I, I can understand that. But somebody on the street that hasn't experienced the, 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 the flip side of the, uh, with the duality, which is ultimately the oneness, Yes, um, the doubt. Right. So I don't know. I've just been having a hard time because uh, I spend so many, so much time with people who haven't experienced what I've experienced with the psychedelics mm -hmm. and the floating and the out of body experiences mm -hmm. that I'm so, I get so caught up in their belief systems because they're so hung up on what they believe that I, I sometimes question my own experiences. And, and a lot of their beliefs aren't coming from actual lived experiences. They're coming from other people's accounts or they're coming from the stories in the Bible or the Quran or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever background they're coming they're, from. They're, Hinduism. Their dogma of choice. Right, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I actually had no notes. I wanted to totally wing it with you. Oh, and, that's how uh, I do it. You know, I, you know, I like to flow with it. I like to ride the waves, you know, uh, we can talk about this a little bit because it ties into the, like your last question. It's like, if any, I don't believe in like, uh, I don't believe in categories. I don't believe in like labels, right? Labels are instruments, right? Lang I, so my background in like psycholinguistics, uh, you know, language is the instrument that we play to express this undefinable nature of reality, right? So we're, we're molding the woo and we're shaping the, the Tao to fit our limited perspective. Right, right. This. I was going to say we're limiting it by forcing it through a filter mm -hmm. of perception and mm -hmm. language. And, uh, you know, it's only done for the, the, the play of it all, right? Like William Shakespeare said, we're all actors on the stage, right? Uh, you know, the, the language that we use is not literal. Anyone that is literally minded is just coping and using language as their cope. And most of them, uh, it's they're just it's their ego grappling onto these definition and these constructs that give them comfort and security. So, oh, yeah. uh, but my point in saying this is, if I had to put myself in any group for the the sake of the the, the it's like I really consider myself like a, it's like I believe in like I think the thing that I, the 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 religious text that I've read that I really resonate the most with is the Tao Te Ching. Me too. That's and my I, favorite. Yeah. And it's just all about, you know, the Tao, what that translates to in English is the way, you know, it's like, it's like learning the flow of everything. It's like, uh, you know, in my workshops, I talk, I do a workshop series called Camp Woo uh, on my Patreon. And it's all about just how to surf the Woo, right? The way, right? Woo Wei. Woo Wei is a, is a Taoist martial art that basically translates to uh, inactivity. So you're letting the universe you know, uh, show you your destiny, your and your and your your options, and what you know, being conscious of the decisions you're making, but through this effortless sort action. of uh, yeah, yeah, effortless action. That's exactly what it is. So I use the analogy of we're all surfing the the woo, right? We're all surfing these woo waves, right? Just like the the martial art woo way. It's a little mimetic pun, right? We're we're all surfing the woo waves. <laughs> oh no doubt, no doubt. That's yeah. Um, one of my thoughts is that, you know, you say it's the way and I agree that's the translation, of course, but 
I, I have this theory that, and a lot of Christians don't like it, but that, that Jesus spent some time in the East and he basically came back and taught Taoism. He was teaching. Oh, uh, yes. There's, I, I 100%. That's how I, that's how I look at it. Like the teachings of Christ are so perfectly uh, compatible and aligned with the teachings of the Tao that, uh, and this is something that's recognized largely by, strangely enough, Orthodox Christians. Like when I talk to a lot of Orthodox Christians in my Discord or my Telegram, it's like they have this appreciation for Taoism. And there's even this book that's called, uh, it's, on, it's on Amazon. It's called Christ the Eternal Tao. It's actually written by, um, it's written by this Orthodox monk. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce his name, but he's a Christian Orthodox monk who went and studied Taoism in the East. And he wrote this book basically talking about how, uh, basically how La like Lao Tzu, the person who's like the prophet that wrote the Tao Te Ching was uh, basically in connection, in connection with Christ and how it inspired him to write this. But, you know, it's, it's very interesting. I, I believe that if you take Christianity at its most literal interpretation, like, like the Orthodox Christians tend to do, uh, you know, you get Taoism. If you, if you strip yeah. away all of the linguistic uh, and cultural and the subversion that's taken place through the Bible, through the institutions. I, I call it the illuminated reading. Like mm -hmm. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I'll pull out the Bible on a, on a trip and I will, uh, you know, you'll see right through the, it's a different, like a different vibration of the text or something is revealed through your own mm -hmm. higher state of being. I call it illuminated when it's illuminated a little bit more. Um, because, uh, you know, it, it's, it's bound by your language. It's bound by your judgment of the language. It's bound by your interpretation of the language. It's bound by the language of 500 years ago, if it's the translation of King James or whoever. Um, you know, it's interesting, too, that in this, in this search for truth, I'm running up against a lot of people. I'm, have you heard of Jay Dyer? Uh, Info Wars. He'll sometimes film for the third hour of Info Wars. Okay. And he's an Orthodox christian and he he's been shitting on the metaverse a lot lately which i found mm -hmm. interesting because it's basically um what's the term for that that's uh i can't remember the term but basically there's no do you believe in the multiverse or do you think i do that not there's no okay so why don't you believe in the multiverse i'm, I'm interested because i believe the uh the universe as we know it is like a it likes to figure out what things are going to do in certain situations. So the Tao is very curious. Like it's a, it's like a, it, it wants to figure out, you know, if it's everything set up in this way, how will it play out? So I, I, I just, because of that and because of just how, uh, I, I think of the, the idea that there's a, the multiverse is just some, it's like a, uh, okay. So I'm like more of it's, a, it's post that's what I wanted to say before. It's a post. He was talking about it's a very postmodernist thought that there's no right or good or evil. It's just it is. everything yes, is, 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 is. A, yes, exactly. A subjective sliding scale. There is no it ultimate is. It's because, good. It's because in alignment with the Tao, everything simply is. So to think that there would be anything that is deviated from that is just it goes against my faith. Yeah. What would right. you consider and your faith? Like, a Taoist? Yes. Uh, OK. That If I had to put it in a box, right? Right. Me too. Uh, that would be the closest uh, mix of Christianity and Taoism. Yeah. So I would agree, but I think, uh, it, you know, in the Taoist uh, way, right. I see all religions as uh, just simply doors to the same house. So. I agree. I agree. I, I tell people whether you're Islamic or Muslim or, or, or I'm sorry, or a uh, Buddhist or Shinto Japanese, 
all roads lead to the same place. One just might take you a little bit longer than the other. It's like service to yeah, sell versus them, service some to Some of others. them you run in a lot more circles. Some of them have more... Uh, the traps. Some of them have better views, right? Yeah. Some of them have some uh, more fun along the way, but and uh, they, you get sidetracked, but... Uh, you know, that, it's all doors to the same house, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ultimately, that, that's what I learned with the left-hand path and the right-hand path, you know, the service mm-hmm. to self versus service to others. You're going to get there eventually, but one might be a little easier, better, kinder, sweeter than the other. Um, right. But, but again, one might have better views. That's how I like to say it because go. it's a double entendre because it's got the, the views as in the, uh, you know, what you believe sense, but then views in the, uh, in the figurative sense of, you know, why would you not want to take the path with the prettiest sights, right? <laughs> the best optics. Uh. Well, you sound pretty uh, well put together. Let me ask you this. Have you ever done DMT? I have not. Uh, LSD? No, uh, no, I have not. No, I, I've just been like this. I was born in the woo. So no psychedelics for you? No. Um, but that's yeah. interesting that you've never. So I guess you have you ever floated in a float tank? Oh, yeah. I've done that a lot. Oh, so. OK, great. Great. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I have always been interested in all of these things since I was born. I've just never. It's like the way that I've looked at it is, you know, I've. Uh, the way I've always been interested in psychedelics, of course, um, but it's just I see them as tools. And I've just when I was, you know, uh, I just never really saw them as that much of a necessity. Oh, the um, curiosity like, alone has got me uh, still stuck in them. Just like the fascination of the dimensions and where am I going and, and, and what, it, you know, is this a reality? Is this, is, is it a dream? Is it? Uh, mm-hmm. And it, I, I think it's all it's all tools for that. Jing, I just want to advocate that you don't uh, have to do those things to. Get yeah, to this well, point. I I agree. I agree with you, but I'll tell yeah, you no. though. And I know you do. Somebody like me who was I call I call people like me initially thick, meaning I've got, <laughs> lo- I've got lots of layers to get to to get to that center of my being to 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 get yeah. to, close to where I'm at now. It took me a long time. Like licks. To, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tootsie pop? <laughs> It took a ton of licks yeah. of acid and mushrooms and floating and all these other yeah, things. I, tried. I have floated. I have floated a lot. You, you want to talk about, are you, are you a fan of psychedelics? You know, obviously I love them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I think there's a lot of ways that psychedelics can be used. Uh, you know, like you see that in some cities in the United States, they've legalized the use of uh, mushrooms for like therapy and, you know, MDMA is being used for, uh, addiction and PTSD and ketamines even being experimented with for as an addiction treatment. So I, I think there's a lot of room to explore the use of psychedelics uh, for uh, these sort of uses. I mean, it's used through, you know, you look at these tribal civilizations that use, you know, ayahuasca or mushrooms as a, as a way to explore these unseen realities, right? And it's almost like the role of a shaman is someone who can, uh, you know, take those substances and they're, they're able to travel into you know, like uh, if you want to call it hyperspace and take information out and then be able to translate it back into the, uh, the materium for, uh, for people to, you know, learn from it. And, you know, that's how we, that's how, you know, ancient people would connect with their, what they would call their gods. Um, but I, I don't believe it's something that's, you know, necessary um, for spiritual wellness or enlightenment, but, you know, uh, for many I people, I think they yeah. see it as like a, yeah. I think many people see it as like a shortcut. And I think whenever you take shortcuts in life, you have to pay the price for that. So, uh, you know, but it, it's all within the karma, right? Some people are meant to take the shortcuts. Some people aren't. And, uh, you know, it, it's all a constant uh, cosmic dance. So <laughs> what's well, interesting, you put shortcut, I would say that it could be a lifeline to people who are just uh, on the edge of never being uh, potentially conscious in their life or getting out of 
very unconscious situations by, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the, using mushrooms and saying, oh, wow, I can see all these things about my life that I couldn't see before. And now I can do X, Y, and Z tomorrow to change my life that I just, for whatever reason, I could not perceive. But no, I totally mm-hmm. agree. You can reach these spaces without it. I advocated mm-hmm. for it because of personal experience. I, like I said earlier, I was, I was, I'm thick. I've got lots of layers <laughs> of, of unconsciousness that I needed to, I guess, peel off. And mm-hmm. with, with, with the thing was to anybody that's listening that wants to get into this stuff, it's a calling, it's an attraction. Things start to fall in your lap. If you're responsible, um, you've got to test everything. It's a lot of these things are illegal. I wouldn't recommend people who start messing with these things. This has just been my karma. Just like you said, I think it's a karmic thing. And if you don't feel mm-hmm. called to do it, you should definitely not do it because there's all kinds yeah, of things that can go wrong. It's not necessary. Like you can explore options of doing things like, uh, like in my life, you know, I've done a lot of float tanking. I've done uh, yoga and I do meditate. I've been meditating daily for over 10 years. Um, you know, guided meditations are nice. Uh, and look up, there's a book called How Undoing Yourself uh through the use of energized meditations and like that is a great book that that gives you exercises and uh things you can do uh you know exercises you can do to consciously undo this sort of as you said you're thick right cut down the layers of the onion yeah no that was it was it was profound peeling very fast with very conscious um use and it seemed like again like some people try for psychedelics and they don't get them. And I didn't really have to try. And it was just, like I said, things fall into my lap. And because mm-hmm. that, that's been my karma, I've just kind of rolled with it. I'm like, okay, I've had a pretty good run with these things. People like me online. Um, they do work. They can help people. They can destroy your life. They can make you, mm-hmm. they can make you yeah. go crazy. And I, for one thing, I, I am very good at vetting people that I'm going to mm-hmm. want to help out. I'm like, look, do you have any issues of uh, in your family, any predispositions to schizophrenia? Do you have anybody in your mm-hmm. family that has gone schizo? Because uh, a very heavy LSD trip, in particular, it's usually LSD. It, 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 it's latent in your in your family. Yes, and, it can and, trigger and that. Totally, totally trigger. It. And then it's like you're mm-hmm. Brian. You, you turn into Brian Wilson or something, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and he, it's like uh, you know, in my family, I uh, so it's like in my family, I I have several uh, schizophrenics in my family, you know, uh, like actual schizophrenics, uh, like, you know, full-blown like schizophrenic diagnosis, then schizoids, and then there's schizotypals also. And what I believe is, uh, so I, you know, I, I guess self-diagnose myself as having schizotypal personality disorder, um, which is basically, uh, you know, it's like, you know, disorganized speaking, uh, eccentric beliefs, uh, paranoid uh, thought thinking patterns, and basically like uh, just kind of like socially estranged, right? And, you know, and I personally believe that the way that that, uh, you know, illness comes about is through just exposure to schizophrenics. Like I believe that, you know, in to like, because, uh, you know, some people would say schizophrenics, you know, produce some sort of uh, pheromone or something like that. This is kind of woo stuff, but it's like, you know, a pheromone and like, that's why they self-isolate. Like, you know, people that have uh, like full-blown schizophrenia, if you will, like, because there's, there's, it's a spectrum, right? It's like autism. There's a spectrum right. to it. So, uh, you know, I have a lot uh, you know, in the, on the other, on the flip side, so like the schizo, like the schizotypal is like a lot of like these sort of, uh, you know, sort of manic characteristics of schizophrenia right the disorganized thinking eccentric beliefs that's the schizotypal and then on the flip side of that there's the schizoid personality disorder uh which is 
more of like being a sort of like a it's harder for you to express emotions right you're kind of in like a, it's the people refer to it as being catatonically schizophrenic where you're sort of uh disassociating and mm. uh you're detached and you don't show very much emotion so those are like the two those are the two sides of the uh personality disorders you can be diagnosed with with schizophrenia um i've just never you know when i was seeing my therapist he was trying to screen me for all of these things. And I just refused, um, you know, he only wanted to do it really for insurance purposes. Um, and I was just like, you know, I'm not, I'm not here to be diagnosed with anything. I'm here to talk to you about my brother, but I, you know, the entire time I'm talking about COVID and he's convinced I'm insane. So that's kind of where my whole, you know, okay, schizo came from, but you know, my education is within psychology. So, uh, you know, I'm very familiar with these concepts. So why did you get? And yeah, I think well, it's important we. I think it's important that we normalize them and destigmatize them as well, because chances are you're on some sort of spectrum. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it's a very misunderstood condition. Um, and yeah, yeah, I forget the Terrence McKenna quote. It's like psychos and shamans. It, I can't remember what the quote is, but it's something about there's very little difference really. It's like the shamans have it under control and the psychos don't. You know, yeah, the, 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 the it's, it's that it's the psychotic swim in the same waters that the or the, the psychotics drowned in the, in the same, same water, water that the yeah. mystic swims in. There you go. Uh, delightfully. Yeah. Yep, that's it. So I think that's where we're at, which is, um, well, at least that's where I am. I can't speak for you, but uh, I'm cozy. I mean, that's the best way to put it. I'm close, cozy. And see, okay, in the yeah. So the framework that you can use for this, right? And this ties into, uh, this is uh, I I do workshops on this concept on my on my Patreon, right? This is this is a model and a framework called the the circuits of consciousness, which is a is a psychological framework developed by. Timothy Leary of all people. Uh, this was what his whole body of research was around before he became the most dangerous man in America, according to Richard Nixon. So Timothy Leary, you know, his idea was that we have what he, he so he uses it as a as a as a framework, right? It's a map. It's not the territory. So don't confuse those two things. Um, but it's a it's a model that we can use to understand human consciousness. And the way he breaks it down, right, is there's it's there's eight circuits right he compares it as like an allegory to computers because you know he was doing this he was writing all this stuff in like the you know the 50s and 60s when you know sci-fi and all these things were just gaining traction so he was a futurist very much so but he was comparing the human mind to a computer in a lot of ways and he said there's eight different circuits of consciousness starting from the first circuit which is the most basic going to the eighth circuit which is like the most ethereal and this also ties in to freud's psychosexual stages and also the Hindu chakra system. Um, and so like, you know, under his model, right, I, I can do like a, a brief rundown of, uh, you know, like, you know, for instance, you know, the first one is like the lizard brain, right? Like that's the brainstem, right? And if you think of like reptilians and how they think, right? It's really just an awareness of, is, am I safe? Am I, uh, am I in danger, right? right? That's pretty much what you're, it's the most basic form of life. And then you know, what we're describing under under Leary's framework, right, what we describe as a culture, what we've decided to call schizophrenia so the insurance companies can bill you, right, and they can bill your insurance for your treatment. That's the whole medical model. That's why it's all built around this. The whole point of the DSM-5 is just to be uh, an advertisement to allow for the uh, the medical model to function in its way. But, um, you know, we call it schizophrenia. We call it autism. We, these are all just umbrella terms to describe characteristics that we're lumping together, right? And uh, basically, under, under Leary's framework, uh, you know, the first four circuits are terrestrial circuits, meaning that they're, 
the material circuits, right? These are the circuits that pretty much every normie has access to at some point in their life. They have their favorite circuits. They have some they use more than others, but basically uh, these are the four material circuits, right? That govern the material world, uh, the materium, if you will. And then there's the four, what he refers to as the post-terrestrial circuits. So these are the parts of our brain that we still yet you don't fully utilize, right? Only the mystics do. And the first one of this is what he referred to as the, oh, wait, I'm going to get the exact names. I, I don't want to, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I don't want to spread uh, misinformation. Why would I ever do that? Uh, so. <laughs> The, 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 the fifth circuit, which is the first post-terrestrial, like the first uh, mystical circuit, if you will, I'll use that because it's, uh, it goes up, it's aged better than the term post-terrestrial, right? So the first of the mystical circuits, which can be achieved after aligning your first four terrestrial circuits, is what he referred to as the neurosemantic uh, circuit. And basically what that is, is you're uh, aware of these neurological feedback loops um, you know, feeling high and blissful and uh, you unlock the ability to do semantic programming, right? And you can think of this as sort of like a like rapture, right? You know, you're elevated from yourself, you're breaking from your uh, material patterns and you're elevated, right, in the state of bliss. And I, I think like, you know, uh, marijuana smokers, uh, you know, that's what they feel when they smoke. They feel this rapturous bliss, right? That is the activation of the fifth circuit, right? And uh, you can have a positive imprint on this circuit, right? And you can have a negative imprint on this circuit, right? All the circuits can either be positively impacted or negatively Im impacted, not through like a, not through positive, through like good, right? But positive in the sense of like the yin and the yang, right? Creation right. and destruction, right? Uh, Shiva and Krishna, right? These two, this, this polarity of positive and negative, right? So not good or bad, right? Things are only good and bad within like the, the system, right? Right. Uh, but see, it's uh, the positive imprint for the fifth circuit would be what I was describing at the very beginning, right? This pro-noia, right? You're not paranoid, but you're enjoying the show, right? But the, the negative imprint would be, uh, you know, uh, you're, you're in the state of uh, disassociation, right? You're, in, you're, you're drowning in the woo. You're drowning in the sauce. Right. You're black-pilled. Yeah, you become black-pilled. But it's more than, it's, it's, so it's, it's more than being black-pilled. It's like you're being like... Uh, it is like it's oh, it's it's like a, it's the negative imprint of the circuit, which is what we would refer to as schizophrenia, because if someone's positively imprinted, you know, it's very difficult for you to find a need to diagnose them. I'm sure if they went to a doctor, they would be called schizophrenic for sharing the beliefs that they've. Well, uh, or maybe they would be called a maybe a paranoid schizophrenic because I mean, couldn't schizophrenia just be like a, a term that could be just on, on its face, neither good or bad. It's just. But yes, I, but of all it is, it, it, it should be. But I'm saying uh, due to how the medical model currently functions, you right. tend to only be diagnosed if you have a reason to go see the shrink. Right. Got, gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. That's what I mean. I, there's no right. I believe everyone feel, I, even the positive imprints, the negative imprints, right? The the good and the bad, the ignorant and the uh, aware, the or the wise, the poor and the rich. We all are filling our role in this cosmic dance. There's no, there's no someone who's doing that wrong, right? Because <laughs> they're all that's, filling the the yeah, lines no, that they've been given. That's what I tell people. There's no wrong or right choice you make. You're going to get to the destination you're pre. You know you're supposed to get to. Is, uh, do you believe in fate and destiny, or is that something that doesn't exist within your worldview? I believe in fate and destiny, but you have to choose to uh, go down the the hero's journey, right? You have okay. to take the hero's journey to achieve your destiny. If you sit inside all day, you're not going to achieve that. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So back to so the, the circuits. archetype of the yeah the archetype of the hero's journey is this 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 motif embedded within the collective unconsciousness that describes the fulfillment of destiny.
and it can be applied to every human across every culture. That's why it's so well known. Every, every movie or anything you see in some way uses the hero's journey. So what's beyond the fifth circuit? This, this, so that would be the, you know, uh, after five, there's six, right? <laughs> so it's the sixth circuit. I'm, I'm just being tongue in cheek, but uh, it's, it's it, you know, Leary <laughs> referred to this as the, uh, the neuroelectric circuit, uh, which in the book Prometheus Rising, he refers to as the, met, uh, you know, Robert Anton Wilson refers to this as the metaprogramming circuit. And uh, I think the metaprogramming circuit is a better name for it. Um, so it's like this circuit is more concerned about become, you know, uh, becoming you know there's a, this okay there's this uh i believe it's in it's either sanskrit or it's a sufi proverb and it's uh you know become the master that makes the grass green and you know it's this idea of you become at a conscious level through the process of metacognition you are able to reprogram your brain and uh your consciousness by redefining the symbols um to become basically what you know shamans refer to as reality selection Okay. Now, let me ask you this, like, does a word carry the weight of the history of the word and the intention and the numerology and all that stuff? Or can you disempower a word through your own belief systems? Well, who's defining the word? Are we going to give, are we talking about Marianne Webster and their dictionary? Or are we talking about the courts and the, how they enforce their law? Or are we talking about? Well, how... I'm just talking about like, let's, I'm just saying, does a, does a, does a word that has. Well, no, I, I know that's what you're asking. I, I'm being a, I'm, I'm a jester float. <laughs> I, I, I do my, I, I, I'm, I'm dancing with you. You see? Well, let me try uh, to, re, let me understand. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't understand what you were asking then. Re-ask okay. it. So uh, what I'm getting at is the definite, okay. What I'm getting at is that words are defined through these power structures, right? The elite, right? The eye at the top of the pyramid, they control this linguistic matrix that is uh, defining so they, the social reality. So they give it power or, or, or can we disempower? What I'm asking is, can we exactly. disempower those words? Exactly. Take the weight out the of sixth, them. That is what the sixth circuit is all about. That is when you're consciously redefining the symbols. That is the art of magic. That is, you're no longer under the spell. Right. And I've been telling this is the case with the people in the media right now, like, especially mm -hmm. with Joe Rogan and his situation. Oh, not yes. that I, I wanted not, to talk not, about not, this. Not that I advocate the use of that word and I don't really no, want to, even, no. I don't want to say it, but I don't give that word um, a lot of energy and power. And therefore, if I do say it, I'm not going to face the consequences of, you know, because I'm not putting negative intent behind it if I say it. And I feel mm -hmm. like I would have the uh, opportunity, but anybody that came across me hearing it to clarify my position. Right. So, um, you know, think of it this way, right? In uh, lawyers, right, the upholders of the our system, right? <laughs> when they're in court, they uh, if someone says, uh, you know, the N word, the gamer word, uh, you know, I also don't use it. But you know, it's if they say if someone's saying this in a court case situation, right, in law, the lawyer and the judge will have to read the exact quotes. So every judge that you know has said the n-word why aren't we dismantling the justice system right no i i agree i, I, I because mean, they're the, because they're higher than us on these pyramid you see they well, have the institutional the power joe's to say paying the, the price joe's paying the price for being uh he's you know he got his money he's not he's mm -hmm. controlled and he's not going against uh the powers that be the narrative that they uh, want to hear i i disagree i think joe rogan okay i don't think joe rogan is bending the knee i think he apologized i think his apology 
is simply just what he believed he had to do for himself. I think Joe Rogan is a very, I think he has a lot of integrity. But what you have to understand here is that Joe Rogan has made like a $100 million contract with Spotify. The executives over at Spotify, they would be idiotic to get rid of him. And Joe is aware of this, right? If they get rid of Joe, if they, if they terminate the contract, if Spotify does, uh, that means Joe gets fully paid out of his contract. Right. And then he can take that money to then create his own application for hosting banned podcasts. Or hell, he could join banned video on InfoWars and then bring all of these normie following to Alex Jones and all of those red pills. And they sure as hell don't want that, right? It's like the saying, keep your friends close, but your, your enemies closer. They want to try to control Joe, and Joe's aware of this, and he's simply playing their game, right? And well, he, the, the weight that Joe Rogan has behind him is so powerful, and it's the media is uh, in hysterics about it. They want to assassinate him, they want to get rid of him, and they want to throw Spotify under the bus because the legacy media model, right, the, the uh, syndicate broadcasting, like CNN, Fox News, all these people, they would love it if Spotify were to get rid of Joe's show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, but Spotify doesn't want that. No, Joe's killing the, the legacy media. He's killing and CNN's mm -hmm. falling apart uh, as we speak uh, every second of the day. <laughs> more and more. Yes. And you know, this is the dismantling. Yes. No, I mean, what's interesting about the Joe Rogan situation is the Alex Jones, the one that made the, the N-word tape. He's the one that compiled all those things. He's the one that put that out. If you believe Owen Benjamin and Owen, mm -hmm. ben and Owen Benjamin, he was really tight with Alex Jones there for a minute. And that's how he knows all these things. And so it's mm -hmm. like, I don't, do yeah. you think, do you think Joe is a, is Joe's a, the Trojan horse. In what sense? For, Joe for, for is which side? fully loose. Oh, Joe, dude, Joe is uh, surfing the Caliuga. I truly believe Joe is uh, not controlled. And I believe, uh, I think he, you know, he's like the person who created the podcast format. He's like the founding father of this decentralized era he knows the he knows that he's on the right side of history and he knows how this is going to look back from him and he knows that he's a he's a warrior here so he's he's now you know it's like this spotify is like oh we we control joe rogan because we have him on our platform right oh this is great we can control him and joe is there smirking right and he's like oh these fuckers think they're controlling me let me show them something i'm controlling them and now he has them by the balls and he wants everyone to talk about the n-word thing he wants he wants it to he wants it to spread because this conversation in the public sphere is going to be so it's a ticking time bomb float because uh, it's like poking the hornet's nest, right? Um, basically, all of the liberals on Twitter, right, they are all going to say they are not going to rest until Joe Rogan is off of Spotify. And little do they know that the taking Joe Rogan off of Spotify at this point would be the equivalent of opening Pandora's box for the paradigm. Because mm -hmm. he will just bring hundreds of millions of normies to a decentralized platform that he could either create, he could partner with Alex Jones, make one, he could partner with anyone, you know, to make one, or he could just accept another you know he'd be an idiot not to make one but he might just join another podcast that or another platform that will let him be free but this is going to be this is a battle in the meme war you see what i mean and joe rogan is our general well see oh man i i, I sit and i, I want to believe that he, maybe he's a gray hat i don't think he's a white hat i'm gonna be honest with you i want to believe he's a good guy but i've seen so many things with his ties to satanism and certain people and I, I somebody was telling me that spotify is controlled by a larger company and i'm like oh mm -hmm. okay well i don't know what i can't remember the name of the company but it was a big one a, a one that mm -hmm. we would we, i'd have to just two clicks of a mouse here probably look it up but i'm, I'm not going to do that but <laughs> fun but 
Okay, so do you think Alex Jones is controlled opposition? So it's like they're controlled up. I think Alex Jones is uh, controlled in the sense where, you know, he's got all these insiders, right? And he, he talks about, I've got all these insiders. Well, the insiders he's getting information from are telling him that information when they want him to put that messaging out. So you don't think he's Mossad? Uh, I mean, he could be. I mean, he really riles up a lot of people. I really don't watch Alex Jones uh, or really follow him well enough to have a good analysis of it. But I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the, uh, the elites, they want to control both sides. We all know this. And I, I think that, uh, you know, people like Alex Jones, I think he tells himself he's doing a good thing. Right. And that's what I'm getting at here. I think it's their intention. Right. He that's can be misconstrued by the people around him. Um, but it's like just the, it does not make sense from my perspective for them to open the can of worms that they open. Um, there's people I you know, that's that's just how I think. I think Joe Rogan and I think Alex Jones are, uh, you know, it, it could just, you know, it could just be an elaborate play. And if that's the case, you know, I'm still enjoying the show regardless. But, uh, you know, I'm saying, uh, you know, you'd have to believe that the consequences of what is going to occur here is going to still play in the advantage of the same elites that are currently in control. Right. It's not one centralized group right there's a bunch of people uh fighting for the crown well that's the thing too that's where i find my hope is you know first of all god wins in the end and good guys win that's just of course the, the house of... always wins right so so what i'm thinking is i don't know if trump's a white hat or a gray hat or he's on the other side of an illuminati battle right there's just different sects of the illuminati or or you know mm -hmm. chinese versus the nwo versus the illuminati all these different sects of elite globalists who knows what sides they're actually on like they all have different agendas half of them want to kill you half of them want to mm -hmm. um you know eat children so <laughs> oh, yeah whatever whatever it is their uh, their thing is yeah so Okay, I, let me just take this into the Q stuff then. What do you think about Q? Is that a is that a is that oh, a... I, I love talking about QAnon. Oh, QAnon is a is a is a powdered keg, right? I <laughs> I never believed at any point Q because you have to understand my perspective uh, as a long term uh, uh, 4chan enjoyer, right? Uh, I've been on the website since the creation of the political board, right? We're mm -hmm. basically, uh, you know, what the way, so from my perspective, I, my perspective is not always correct, right? This is just how I cannot help but look at the situation from my experience. I just wanna clarify with that because when you get into the Q territory, you get into people that are like, oh my gosh, uh, you know, QAnon is uh, you know, whatever they think it is, right? The alt right. Well, well that's it's the thing, though. It's, it's, it's a, it, it is, it's a, it's a, a, a broad brush to paint a bunch of people, and it's a giant spectrum of, of autistic experts that have <laughs> uh, mile long graphs to to soccer moms who who, who you know right. just think that JFK Jr. is still alive out there somewhere. Yeah, and I don't, I'm not in any of those spheres, uh, but. Uh, as an observer of uh, the entire thing unfolding before the majority of people are even aware of it, the conclusion that I have come to is that, oh, and this is how this is how I like to talk about it. It's uh, it's like QAnon was the, okay, so uh, it's I'm trying to think of the right words. It's like QAnon was the vehicle that has galvanized and made a lot of people aware of these things that have been fermenting on 4chan and in, in sort of the collective unconsciousness, right? right? I think of 4chan is like the primordial soup that all uh, memes are generated from, right? There's so much chaos. It's, it's the perfect environment to make highly memetic memes oh, yeah. through the, the evolutionary process of survival of the fittest, right? So it's, it's, it's the best platform for that. And I think that QAnon was a way, right, for, 
Okay, so when it comes to QAnon, I either believe that the first portion of QAnon, which was the before the trip code switch, I believe that that was either like genuinely someone that's like that. I think that was, you know, pre PSYOP or the entire thing. So either that or the entire thing's a PSYOP. But anything post the trip code switch is 100% a PSYOP, in my opinion, right? Or like controlled opposition. I guess that's a better word because everything's a PSYOP. QAnon is a PSYOP. But well, I believe yeah, I mean, the yeah, controlled sure opposition, it uh, it, my, I guess my thesis is, is that it's either controlled opposition the entire time or at least after the trip code switch for sure. Um, but I think what QAnon did is it created the ability for the media to paint this this ticking time bomb that had been fermenting on 4chan for a decade um, and in the collective unconsciousness for much longer. But it sort of uh, it created a controlled uh, a channel that 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 sort of uh, fermentation could take place to release the pressure and allow the uh, media to address it and give it a name and so they can you know make people appear that that's the boogeyman and then do things like january 6th where they get all these people to commit uh basically a honeypot all these people into committing a uh you know insurrection as well they're yeah calling it, that's right? that's one of the thoughts on q is it's just this giant honeypot from the beginning to really identify the autists and the the, the hard right wingers and the people who are mm-hmm. and, I, and also in the inverse i think that's what the the vaccine's about which is to weed out all the morons and i hate to say oh, that yeah, it's, but it's, <laughs> i hate to uh, say that because i have a lot of I, loved ones that have taken it out of just yeah i hope, I hope and that that's not the case i mean i, I guess uh, in my framework it's like i don't believe anything i have like what i refer to as an observational based mindset so i reserve all i reserve all judgment until i have observations to right it's like i fall i am a scientist in my construction of my reality so i i, I really use the scientific method when building my it's like and which is funny because i'm not a rational person right it's well that's it's, what's interesting uh, is yeah no it's like you're you sound like you're like me which is not rational at all and, and we'll just jump to wild conclusions but no i don't i really don't use a scientific method at all i would like to have quantifiable mm-hmm. things and data and stuff to oh, show people I, I, but. I don't do quantified i think you can be qualitative which is like you know the uh like like things like uh like psychology and linguistics the things i studied right right, and, right. Uh, those are all qualitative studies for the most part. I mean, you can quantify them, but it's the soft science, right? It's, they used to call things like this the gay science, right? So oh, okay. I didn't this know is, that. yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's the it's 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 not uh, the word science has become basically the new religion of the masses. Oh so, no, definitely. It's that's very that's convoluted their god. In discussing yeah. it. No, it, it is. It like, is. It's the, yeah, it's the new and god. Uh, you know, it is, and it's like you know, think about it this way. This is kind of a divert from what you're talking about but you know oh do i want to divert from QAnon yet i guess i I guess my final note on QAnon is that uh it's certainly a psyop but uh you know psyops are uh it's an operation right we don't know what the end game of it was necessarily or if it was compromised it was like it's like everything that we see is a yeah well the thing for me is 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 it's like everything. That, okay, let's say. Let's just say Q is nefarious in the beginning. I don't think it was, but let's just yeah. say it was. Like everything else, the government does, like LSD and, and villages and shit like that. Everything that the government tries to do nefarious, the universe turns on its head and says, "Here's the opposite. Here's the silver lining mm-hmm. to this thing." So it, it, instead of uh, brainwashing people, um, and, and I, I do believe they did start the hippie movement and, and they started all that off. But mm-hmm. the consequence yeah. of it was was people did have awakenings. I I, I am very mm-hmm. much thankful to yeah, psychedelics yeah. for helping me clear things up and and have a greater understanding about the universe and god and love and oneness and all these things so if if it took 
all these things with the CIA and the government and all these nefarious things they did in the 50s, 60s and 70s to get to this point where, you know, like, OK, yes, bad things happen, but also good things happen. So I, I kind of mm-hmm. tra- I, t- I tend to look at everything through that lens of yeah. like oneness and wholeness. And yes, there's a bad side of the coin, but there's also a good side of the coin. And so, yes, I'm not saying that Q is nefarious. I'm, th- I'm thinking in the uh, and I want to believe that there are patriots that mm-hmm. that 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 somehow like what? So did Trump was Trump winning theater? Was it an accident? Did they cheat? What, what what do you think about Trump's four years? Yeah, so I think Donald. This is my theory on it. As someone you know, uh, that is a you know, I I I'm a meme uh, analyst, right? That's what I do. I analyze the memes, and it's like the analysis that I've had looking at the memes um, from 2016, right? The, the, the legacy media, they'll tell you this was Russian bots, but I believe in 2016, there was such a collective effort to meme Donald Trump into the presidency. Um, and I believe it was organic. I do not believe that it was a Russian. It may have been, I don't believe it's possible to, uh, force memes at this level. I believe only organic memes can get to this big. That's just my, because it's just the nature of it, right? People, uh, you can tell when a meme is forced, right? Oh yeah. uh, and it's uh, so I believe that in basically on on 4chan on uh, there were people that would and not just 4chan, but other online forums. Um, I mean, there were people that understood like the mimetic potential that memeing Donald Trump as the president would be, because I mean, during the beginning, I mean, people were he was pulling in the predictions at like two percent for winning the, uh, the, the, the 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 primary. So oh, it's like yeah. nobody thought Donald Trump was going to win. Right. He funded his entire you know, the lowest budget out of every single a uh, person he was running against. Uh, he didn't spend any money, really. And uh, it was very, like, almost like a, it was a very mimetic event. And it's because on 4chan, there was a constant uh, efforts to make memes um, t- and using meme magic to galvanize basically this, these groups to support Trump and these demographics to support Trump. And I don't even think it was Trump's intention from the beginning um, to win, right? I don't, I, I don't look at Trump personally as like the, this good guy. I think he is an actor just like everyone else. And, uh, he just got into this role that he f- didn't ask for, right? Just some similar to Joe Biden. Okay. So, so I'm, not like a, you, you, I'm not a Trump supporter. Right. So you don't like the narrative of the plan, which is Trump's been involved as a white hat for a while. Uh, he was friends with JFK Jr., which ties back into this whole thing with JFK. Yeah, it's like JFK I would, Jr. I, I would love. Yeah, I understand. I would love to believe that. I would just have to see proof of it, right? I understand White hats are in that control. line of thinking. Project looking yes, glasses. Yes, I, 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 I understand. I understand that line of thinking, but just where I'm currently at, I don't see the the full evidence to support uh, that okay. being a part of my like worldview, right? So I'm willing to accept that, but it's just it's something that I have on the shelf, right? With your worldview, where do Area 51? Where does Project Looking Glass time travel, um, you know, all these very almost impossible to woo. prove. Con- well, not necessarily woo, but conspiracy theory. Woo is more for mm-hmm. me like spirituality. And mm-hmm. I'm talking more about like technology and aliens yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That, that So in like the framework that I have adapted and used is basically there is the paradigm and the paradigm is controlled um, from the top down by the elites and the paradigm is where all of the normies live essentially so it's like uh you know the all of these things the paradigm exists simply to keep all of this woo stuff out right all these uh these topics that are fringe topics, like you're describing Area 51, Project Looking Glass, all of these things, those are all fringe topics because they really don't want people focusing on these things too much because it would threaten the existence of the paradigm, right? So uh, 
I mean, I look at all of them with a, I look at everything with a, you know, a very healthy degree of uh, skepticism and paranoia. And that's why I don't have beliefs. I just have uh, hunches and some, so, and uh, so you're like some, some hunches McKenna. are stronger than others. You're like McKenna. I guess you don't, so. You I mean, don't have I just, a belief system. You're open to everything, which keeps you open to, you know, you don't have this field of. Keeps, it keeps me on my toes. Vision where you're missing things because you're so. You're using a judgment filter, and through judgment, you miss certain things. Yes, all ideology is just a, an instrument, right? The map is not the territory. It's like, and I, I prefer to stay in the territory. So, you know, it's like you people, especially like the academic types, right? These very heavy rationalist types, uh, if they want to uh, have a map that they can use and keep using and get really familiar with. But that is just a model for uh, understanding things. And the universe that we live in is constantly in flux and changing every single day. So, you know, the, the, the territory is constantly evolving. So I am... I'm an adventuring type, not only just in my day-to-day -day life and how I, you know, I enjoy adventuring. Like I go hiking, I go backpacking, I do things like that. But I also enjoy the ideological adventure of the metaphysical and the spiritual and swimming in the woo. So, uh, you know, I, I prefer to go out and uh, make my own maps and, uh, and experience the constant changing nature of reality rather than holding on to some map and claiming it's uh, got it all figured uh, out. You know, I'm okay, ignorant. so yeah, you don't, uh, you're, you're an experiential person. You don't like to dial too deep into somebody else's uh narrative of existence meaning it's fun to listen to other people but you don't you don't you you, you go your own way and well you, no i there's only one way <laughs> you see there's everyone goes their way everyone goes the way that's Wu way that's the Tao. um i simply just uh have the i, I simply just don't see the you, need to you don't have an you don't have an ideology I, I'm, yeah, and I'm very anti-ideology. Me, me too. Me too. Um, my only ideology at this point, I, does, I try to be as loving as possible, and that's really that's a challenge. That's a great ideology to have. Yeah, be, just be kind, right? Um, mm -hmm. But again, certain things in life, forces they force us to choose, which is where, where I've lost everything in the past year through uh, mm -hmm. lockdowns and masks and people choosing vaccines over not and me having to make decisions because of that, making a stand mm -hmm. online, losing people that way. So as much as I like to be loving, um, you know, I have to say to some people, I'm not getting that vaccine. And I say, you, sh you shouldn't either. But that's on you. If you if you'll be if you feel better getting it, then by all means do it. Right. But and everyone is make everyone makes their decisions in alignment with their karma. Yes. OK, so you're you're a believer in karma. So you if you die and you don't finish your karmic uh, stuff, do you come back? What do you what do you think? Um, well, what I believe, uh, and this is up for interpretation, right? It's not really like what I believe, but you know, the, the, the current mob, the map that I've developed that I believe to be the most accurate in this place and time where I am, right? I'm only 22, I'm only 22 years old. So anyone listening to this, if you take your, if you're taking your spiritual advice 100% from a 22 year old, trust me, I, I don't have it all figured out, right? Well, that's why I so, got to question uh, but, you because I got, I, I, I'm baffled yeah. by people who have never done half the things I've done, but they're so convinced that they're right. I'm like, well, maybe I'm wrong. So, yeah, you know, yeah, you, no, you, you I, sound very I, I like to be articulate. Yeah, no, I'm not right. Yeah, I'm not right. I'm just articulate and don't confuse the the two, right? I I think of I, I think of my role in society and what I do with my podcast and my meme page and everything. I I look at myself as a court gesture, right? I believe that uh, education and uh, education and entertainment. There's really anyone that tries to different differentiate between those two things don't have any understanding of either. So I just want to get people thinking, right? Me I, too. Does the court yeah. gesture have an ideology? No, or no, I, you know, I don't think so. I think well, the, he's, uh, the, just honking. The court jester's ideology is turning other ideologies on their head, on their, uh, you know, upside yes, and, down. and that's what I do. Yes. And if you believe in the Jungian archetypes, right, with like the shadow, it's he, well, Jung believed 
uh, Carl Jung, he has this theory of the archetypes where I believe there's 12 different archetypes and uh, which every archetype you have, he has like this wheel made and you have an, a shadow of that archetype. And like the archetype is something that exists within the collective unconsciousness. But he believes that we all take the role of one of these archetypes in our life. And the role that I have is the, that of the jester, but the shadow of the jester, according to Jung, the inverse of the jester is the wizard, the sage, the wise man. No, that sounds uh, like both of us. Yeah, so that's our role, right? We're out here doing our song and dance for everyone just to, you know. Well, that's question. the thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've accepted my fate. Mm -hmm. It's humility, right? The court jester has a great deal of humility, right? They understand that the, 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 the right, they understand that it can, the, it, not everything can be named, right? <laughs> yeah. There's, okay, so the first verse of the Tao Te Ching, which is what we were talking about earlier, I have this, I had this written down because I, I knew I was going to have to share it at some point. And I think this is the, the point to share it, right? This is the first verse. This is what page is one. The Tao that can and, be named is not the eternal Tao, right? Is that what it exactly. is? Exactly. I'll, I'll read the whole thing just so the listeners can uh, so get it. So it's that the, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named yeah. is not the eternal name. The unnameable is the eternally real. Naming is the origin of all particular things. Free from desire, you can see the hidden mystery. Caught in desire, you see only what is visibly real. Yet mystery and visible reality arise from the same source. And the mystery itself is the gateway to all understanding. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100% through experience, not just reading it all over and over, and, but through a lived experience of those things being true. Mm -hmm. um, a, a lot of um, Orthodox Christians have a hard time with Eastern thought, and that's where mm -hmm. I get hung up because I'm like, yeah, I know Christ is real. I know you, you don't want to accept my interpretation of Christ, which is my interpretation of Christ basically is he was the highest of high ascended masters. I don't know if you've forgotten mm -hmm. like D David Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins and his mm -hmm. uh, th theories on consciousness and his scale. Well, he's got a scale mm -hmm. of consciousness, yes. zero to a thousand. And yes, uh, I'm and, very familiar with his work, yeah. well, but keep going. I love the people at home. Understand right, that. right. Keep so for people at home, enlightenment starts, I think at 600. Fear, which are most people are living under, under their level of fear is at 200. So if you step into, um, I forget what it is, step into courage, I think it is, which is above 200, then you start mm -hmm. to go up. But and I think at the very bottom of the spectrum is um, like indifference or. Um, yeah, you know, that's like the more demoralization era. Right. You don't, you don't care. Yeah. But at the top is a thousand. And that's like the Buddha and Jesus and Muhammad mm -hmm. on his scale. And, and he, he's derived this scale through kinesiology, through muscle testing. Yes. You it's know, so interesting. To it, it, one of his, I think his best book is. Um, power versus force and and you can you can actually attain uh th through his methodology truthful like true truthfulness like objective truthfulness through muscle testing if you learn how to ask your body the right questions so he's very fascinating in that respect but so going back to christ my 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 interpretation is and it doesn't take away from his divinity but he's this the highest master who's come here especially mm -hmm. he, he came at a time a very dark period in humanity P people could barely read uh, he he brought the heart like buddha brought the mind yeah. i feel but christ brought the heart and he took that eastern thought and he brought it into a space into the heart mm -hmm. and and that's where i think we're supposed to try to go um transcend the mind but fall into the heart and so for me, D Jesus is the, the ultimate 
you know, he is the son of God. Not that mm-hmm. you, not that you don't have that inside of you as well. We all do, right? Because he says it himself in the Bible. Even the least amongst yes. you is greater than me. So he's he's literally saying these things. And so I, I, my, my thing of Christ is he's an, he's an ascended master, the God of gods, the, the you know, God's literal son. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't rob you of your potential divinity or why you're here to grow. And I think that that's kind of where I stand. And I know a lot of Christians have problems with that because they're, they're, it's their ticket to heaven, right? And I just don't understand a belief system where everybody else who lives like a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Taoist who lives a virtuous life, much even more potentially more virtuous than a Christian, is denied some kind of heaven or enlightenment. What do you what do you think about that? What do you think about like a Christian, like modern Christianity in the West that says this is the only way? And, and if and if you don't yeah. take and if you don't, you're going to hell. Yeah. So that's a right. My my I, I worked in marketing for a while, right? That's what I did after uh, I I stopped my education. So uh, it's like my understanding of things is marketing. So the way you can think of this is uh. So first of all, I just want to say everything that you said. I I I very much it aligns with my. Uh, my my beliefs right i i 100 agree and i i think we're very aligned in that sense right i think that you know it, it it's this it's this state of consciousness it's this connection with god the source the creator yeah. christ um, consciousness. And, I, and, and you think about the effect that jesus and the bible and everything has had on humanity it's 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 absolutely uh it's it's like mind-boggling to think just the amount of people he reached with that message through the Bible. But the, the thing is about organized religion and particularly the Catholic church is, uh, you know, they're not really uh, good people over there at that institution, right? They've genocided countless groups. They've done all these horrific things. They've deleted history in many ways. They uh, subvert, they do all these things. And that's an institution, right? So they've taken the word of Christ through the Bible and they've misconstrued it and misguided it to strengthen their institutional power and their institutional value as this, uh, almost like this governing body. I mean, the role that the Pope served during this sort of, uh, you know, early Europe history, right, is that the Pope would mediate between other governments and other countries. He was the mediator between conflict. So he was kind of like this, they use, that's, you know, the Bible is used to serve that institution. You know, they got all of their soldiers for the Vatican army. Oh, yeah. The church uh, from, is the first government. Yeah, for sure. The first real. Yeah. So the, the, it was like a mediator, but it was not, but it's, it would mediate between the governments. And we get all their money from that, right? All these governments would send a certain number of their soldiers to be a part of the Vatican army. They would send money to support the Vatican and all of these things. But uh, the church, you know, that gives them invested interest, right? They're not the, they're not the, uh, they're not the, they're basically the, they're trying to take the words of Christ in the Bible and make it into like a, an infomercial where they're selling it to people. And they're, right. you know, and, and through that, they have to think about their long-term uh, profits and how they're uh, positioning in their market. So, you know, the I, all, a lot of the things that they've, I believe, edited and altered in the Bible and in, you know, these texts are things that support them in their long-term development for being like a good organism, a mimetic organism to survive the test of time. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the whole uh, Holy Roman Catholic Church, that whole thing was initially about it was that was the original governments, right? Controlling the people mm-hmm. using fear. You're going to hell. You got to buy indulgences and you got to go yeah, and look, you know, look how much has changed and right? confession is <laughs> con- confession is the first intel right that's the first form of blackmail and like i've got uh, information on you that's how all these um organizations had all their uh, mm-hmm. information from confessionals people go on to church mm-hmm. and just confessing and then i've got blackmail this guy's cheating on his wife this guy's stealing this guy's doing that so you, they use fear of hell 
uh, we're the only way we're the intermediary between you and God. And so you, you, over time, you see that uh, start to uh, mm-hmm. change and devolve. And you've got Martin Luther coming in there and that changes things up. And then you get yeah, eventually where we are. Decentralizes it a little bit. Exactly. And, yeah. and then you get to slowly but surely where we are today. Um, Which is the age of Aquarius. Well, that's debatable, but yeah, I, I would agree. We're, we are dip, I, dipping our toes in it at, at a minimum. Oh, sir, that's what I mean. It's it's not an on and off switch. It's a dimmer switch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're slowly. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that for the, the, the Great Awakening, right? This is this light that's slowly getting brighter and brighter inside of all of us. That's mm-hmm. why. That's but why I mean, can... you can observe it, this, this dimmer switch begin, right? With You could argue that the dimmer switch began with Martin Luther, was accelerated by the printing press with the American Revolution. And then now where we currently are, right? This is the, the mimetic war, right? Instead of it, the information is now being put through memes, this decentralized power. And that is what the age of Aquarius represents. So we're I mean, we were dipping our toes into the age of Aquarius when Martin Luther posted his thesis. We were about uh, knee deep whenever America Revolution began through the influence of the printing press and being able to put out these things called the Patriot pamphlets. And now with the Internet uh, and things like QAnon or these mimetic uh, operations and the meme wars that is occurring, this is like we're now at like... uh, I think we're now like neck deep into the the, the, the transition into age of Aquarius where these well, we're now seeing these institutions begin to really break down. Well, it's interesting because you've got the internet and your phones and memes and all these giant decentralized things. But at the end of the day, the internet is completely 100%. It could be shut off mm-hmm. and it is centralized at the same time. You know what it, I mean? It's, it, it, is, it, it, it is at this time, but see, this is the, it's a transition. There's a war that's being fought. When the war is over, the internet will be a, a public good. You see, it'll be, it'll be free flowing, right? It, it, this is the end result. And this is what the, that's why the Illuminati, the powers that be, the new world order, uh, the World Economic Forum, all these people, that's why they're trying to solidify their power now. And they're getting very desperate. Yeah, because they're moving they feel too fast. The foundation. Yep. Well, they're moving fast out of their desperation because they see the foundation is shaking right the foundation of the age of pisces right which we were in the age of pisces right and the symbol for the age of pisces is the fish right all of the normies swim in their schools of fish right all of these institutions all of these uh governing bodies that's the age of pisces and that began around 2000 to 2500 years ago right the age of christ represented the beginning of the age of pisces because the symbol of jesus right is the the jesus fish Fish, right he created yeah so uh, that is when the institutions and uh, that's basically when information, right, your connection to the source, the Tao, this uh, in knowledge, it was all uh, controlled by conductors and institutions to navigate that flow, right? The, the schools of fish swimming in the woo. And now when we enter the age of Aquarius, it's the only astrological era that is representative of man. The symbol for age of Aquarius is the water bender. It's the, it's the person who is, uh, has this bucket in their hand and they're commanding the water, right? The water that all of the fish were swimming in. They weren't even aware they're swimming in water, but the man is aware of the water and he's manipulating using his mind to command the water to go into the, the bucket. Yeah, so we're a, all becoming. That's a wacky sign. Oh, yeah. It's the only one that's representative of man out of all the astrological. It's signs. an air sign, but it's also, it seems like a water sign. And very paradoxical, yes. So it is the air sign, yes. The age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm. The age of hilarious, as Owen Benjamin would call it. You, uh, you follow that guy a, yeah, at all? That's a good one. Uh, Owen Benjamin? Yeah. Is you he know, the guy who works for Infowars? No, he he had done some stuff with them in the past. He was a comedian, a Hollywood actor, and he uh, said a few things that they uh, big nose, small hats didn't like, and he's out. You know, he's been completely 
and utterly kicked out of Hollywood. Oh, I see. And no, I, I've never, I've never heard of him. Joe Rogan tried gatekeeping him. Oh, you'd love Benjamin Owen, or I'm sorry, Owen Benjamin. You know, yeah, like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it. He's kind of like in there with Gavin McInnes. Uh huh. So he's like he's been uh, blacklisted. He's been all oh, right. Yeah, he's been punished and, and and blacklisted. And well, he's building his own thing. Like, and that's where I'm kind of moving towards, which is okay. The supply lines are shut down, and we may not have certain things in the future. Well, we don't need to be dependent on the system. Start your own thing. Uh, be live off the land. You know, like start a co-op. That's what this guy's doing. He's like being exiled from social media, being kicked out of the system is probably the best thing that can happen to somebody to be honest. Yeah, so, with and that's you. why I'm saying, and that's why I'm saying the thing with Joe Rogan is uh, good for him. He wants it. That's why I think he's fi- He's pushing into it. He does it. He's probably sitting here laughing because think from his perspective, he doesn't give a single shit. If spot, he would prefer if Spotify kicked him off. Right? No, he'd get the money and he'd be free. Yeah. Get, and then make his own platform. And, I, you know, uh, the executives at Spotify, I think they're sweating right now because they've got staff problems. They have staff that works for them that are uh, threatening to boycott. They have these artists that are dropping off the platform. They've got all this bad press. Right. So it's it's not looking good for them. And then they're going to have to take action. And, and what we're seeing right now in, in this uh, current temporal state uh, of uh, this where this is being recorded on February 6, 2022. Um, we're seeing now that they've taken over like 200 episodes of Joe Rogan podcast and deleted them off Spotify. So they're doing very damage control. They're not thinking it through very well. Um, they're trying to see what will give them the best optics. And I believe, you know, I believe the people at Twitter, they're not going to rest until he's off the platform. Well, Twitter's collapsing under its own weight. It's becoming a ghost town. It all and- is. You're right. It all is it because you know this is the age of Aquarius. All of these, all of these institutions that tried to gatekeep uh, the free flowing power of the internet, right? They're now collapsing under their own weight of uh, hypocrisy and lies because in the end, the truth shines through, right? It really the- does. It really does. And I'm glad to hear you say that. Now, I want to start wrapping things up. We're getting close to almost an hour and a half, but I wanted before we close things up, we 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 got so close with so many times talking about it, but we never really talked about your floating experiences. I wanted to talk about that before we mm-hmm. kind of start to wrap it up. So when did you, <laughs> how long, how many times have you floated? When did you start floating? Where did you float? Tell me all about it. Um, I mean, I floated several times. Uh, when I do my floats, I, I the nearest city is, a far, it's very far away from me, but the nearest city is uh, St. Louis. So I, I was in St. Louis doing my floating. Um, I've done it several times. I'm not sure the exact amount, but there was a period where I was doing it kind of regularly. Where were you um, floating at? What was the name? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was called Float St. Louis. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I think it was called like STL Float or Float STL. Now, how did you uh, get inspired to go floating? Or where did you hear uh, about from, it? Or? From the works of Dr. John C. Lilly. Oh, okay. I didn't know if it was Joe Rogan. No, no, I... I was into all of this before Joe Rogan was a thing. Uh, I, Dr. John C. Lilly uh, is one of my, uh, you know, inspirations for everything I've done in the, my worldview and his contributions to the research of consciousness. Me too. He's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people and he's misunderstood. But uh, I think at the he end of the day, I think at the end of the day, he was a good guy. Yeah. And it's like, I think with floating, like what it does is it allows you to have this deprivation of all of your sensory inputs, right? The feeling of your body sense, right? The sort of uh, the sort of uh, semantic feeling of your body, and then the senses of light and the senses of sound, and this, this all of these senses you become deprived. And like that's what, like what meditation is is the is the 
is the deprivation of a sense, right? Like if you look at like chanting meditation, you're saying this word over and over again, and it basically like glitches out your semantic functions of your brain, like the language circuits of your brain get all glitchy. And through that sort of glitching, you can find ways to sort of hack things, you know, you can find these exploits and uh, a sensory deprivation tank is just the best way of doing it, right? So it, it, make, it masks your body temperature, you're floating in the salt water, it mat and the water is the same temperature as your body, you lose all of this sort of perception of yourself and you're left with just pure consciousness. Yes, sir. 93.5 degrees, give or take, depending on the float center, a thousand pounds of Epsom salt laying uh, just perfectly still and blissed out. Now, mm -hmm. what, what were your biggest takeaways from floating? <sighs> My biggest takeaways, I mean, I, 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 oh, it's like I was so familiar with the the abstract of it before I had done it. It was not that surprising, but that's just because of uh, how much I was obsessed with Dr. John C. Lilly and his work. Um, so I knew what to expect, right? I wasn't going into it very blind, um, but it was very profound and it's something I would do more regularly. And I ultimately, like my goal for myself, I would love to create a place where that has a float center and I, you know, does workshops and things like that, like a community center and has, uh, you know, yoga workshops. That would be my goal for myself is to create something like that. And I think it's important. I think it's a great tool for self-exploration and exploring the, uh, you know, the vast labyrinth of our of our mind and human consciousness. I, I obviously couldn't agree more. I mean, the first time I did, I, I said, wow, this should be just as illegal as mushrooms or or LSD, <laughs> because if we're trying to yeah, keep the but, population yeah. from having an awakening experience, you better take this away because this is legal. And, and not only is it yeah, it's potentially awakening, but it's just so therapeutic physically. Oh, it is. It, my back and everything, I felt so much lighter and it just takes the weight off my shoulders. It's like you're being caressed by the woo, right? As we were talking about earlier, like the woo, like the waves of woo, right? Like this, you're floating in the woo and uh, it's, you're just left with pure thoughts and it's very beautiful. And if you're a very visual person like myself, like when I'm talking, uh, I'm like, okay, so I'm a very visual person. Like, and when I'm talking, I'm basically seeing what I'm describing in my mind. And I'm basically just using words to describe this visualization I'm having. And that's how I am all the time. Um, I'm highly intuitive. So when I do something like a float tank, it's like I have all of these like visual perception, uh, visual perception hallucinations and all my, it's like my, the imagine, like the, the gates of my imagination begin to become unlocked. And I see things through all these different perspectives and it's, it like oils up the machine. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that's cool that you, uh, know about John Lilly and you're a fan because, uh, again, he's not, not too well known unless you're into this afloat world and then he's real, oh, yeah. he's super well known. Yeah. I learned about Dr. John C. Lilly through the, through the works of Timothy Leary because they collaborated and right. referenced each other. I thought you were going to say echo the dolphin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, uh, I'm sure, he, I don't know how many books and stuff you read about him, but he had an experience in the tank where he was contacted by, I think, two beings, and they called themselves mm -hmm. the Earth Coincidence Control Office, and that they were the yes. ones controlling all the things for him. I, I believe he calls it the, the Cosmic Control Center. Oh, okay. Well, the Echo was the Earth Coincidence Control was Office, it? though. That's okay. what Echo, that's think, what Echo okay, stands that, for. I think there's another think one, though, book, too. I think in a book written by Leary, he references it, and then his term for it was the Cosmic Control Center. So I think that might be what I'm thinking of. But yeah, basically the same thing. Same thing, yeah. And like in Leary's work, he calls it, you know, he believed he was being contacted by the Syria galaxy, like the Syria network in the Andromeda galaxy, which is the nearest galaxy to the Milky Way. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think New Age is, is deception? What do you, you know? Cause I think a lot of it is. Yeah. I think the waters are very muddy <laughs> intentionally. Right. Do you think it's uh, like the psychedelic movement um, brought in by the CIA and other nefarious parts of the government? 
I mean, look at what happens when the CIA tries to do something, man. I mean, look at like, uh, it's like they lose control of the, uh, I think they lost control of the ship at some point, right? <laughs> I think that they, 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 you know, I think that it was something that they were testing with and then it sort of took off beyond their ability to control it, as is the uh, Aquarian fashion. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 totally. Right. Well, cool. the, the, the Aquarian fashion is the ship of fools, right? The prisoners become the, <laughs> the prisoners become the drivers. They become the captain. Oh, is that is that what that means? Okay, I, I thought you were talking about clothes. With what? But you, when you said Aquarian fashion. Oh no! I thought you were talking no, about I mean like clothes. an Aquarian style. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Age of Aquarius, yes. Decentralization, deterritorialization. Consciousness is non-localized, and we become aware of that. Bitcoin, NFT, waste of time, waste of money. What do you think? Uh I'm not big on NFTs. I think that they're really over. Like it's like the, I think NFTs could be a thing that are in the future, right? And I think that right now they're just extremely overpriced, and someone's going to get end up holding holding a lot of bags. Um, well, I think and it's I think with, a, I, a scheme to sell crypto. It is. It's like a laundering scheme for crypto. I think. Yeah. It's like, but I think I think crypto is the future, but just not how we're doing it now. Like I think we'll come together and agree on. I, I think basically right now, like I'm not a financial person. I am not invested in crypto. I'm a yeah. no coiner. So I'm just I'll be upfront with that. I, I'm a, I'm a, I, I'm a silver hold, holder in true schizo fashion. Right. And, you know, so I hold, I, I don't like things I can't hold. Right. But I think it's good to diversify your wealth. And if I had like the, if I, if I was a rich man, I'm sure I'd put some money in the cryptocurrency, uh, but I'm not, I'm a, I'm just a humble, uh, you know, woods dweller living in a, you know, living in my humble abode, right? But I think like crypto will be the future, right? This decentralized monetization system. And I think right now, basically you're betting on which system you think will take off. Like you're betting on a horse race. That's my way I look at it. And it's there's no saying that any of those horses are even gonna win this race. It could be a new one that we haven't even seen yet. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you, who knows? I mean, maybe it's the deep state uh, crypto coin they're going to ultimately make us uh, take that's not even really mm -hmm. released. And in a way, we're already doing crypto because you're doing a credit card. That money doesn't really exist. Exactly. Yeah, the fiat, the, fiat, the fiat standard is uh, basically cryptocurrency. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it has no, there's no, there's nothing backing it. And it, half the time, yeah, you don't even have any yeah. real money in your hand. You're just sending mm -hmm. numbers to a bank account. So, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad I've got through all the 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 big topics uh yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really nice coming coming on here man and i'd love to have you on my podcast sometime and uh you know do this anytime again yeah that de definitely anytime we can talk about anything you want no holds barred i will say anything <laughs> ask me any questions yeah and on, on my show we have like a live we do it live and we have a live audience that calls in and asks i questions saw that that's what i want to get on yeah. i want to get on where i can have it where people can call me oh so yeah is, no is that, we'll, we'll do that we'll is that plan, is that man. discord or what, what is that that's on my Discord server that we have that function, and I, I'll help you set up your Discord and your Telegram. Yeah, I no, help you've you been that. you've been so good with that. I've just been so busy, and yeah, you have to diversify yourself these days. Yeah, well, I just have so much fun with all my uh, friends, especially people like you. On uh, yeah, so it's it's hard. And the thing is, too, it's it's hard to find. Like for example, unless you see somebody posting in Telegram a link from another Telegram that you might want to go, yeah. you can't find any other groups. Like I can't find. Right. Right. You it's decentralized search. in nature. Yeah. I know. I can't find any like good psychedelic. I stuff. like that about it, though. It's like the Wild West. It reminds me of the old Internet. I, en I enjoy the hunt. And, you know, I'm willing to show you some of my favorite hunting spots. I, it, I, so. I I agree with that, though, too. There is something about like when I'm scrolling through your OK skits, the one that's like super populated with people and then the stuff they're posting. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, never, you know, but at the same time, it's like, damn, I wish I could really search specifically for stuff. I know it's probably on here, but yeah. I can't find the group because it doesn't allow that I'm searchability.
I'm sure we'll get there at some point, right? This is all still so new, but uh, you know, if you want to follow my uh, Instagram, it's you know at okschizo, and then I've got spelled both ways, so you know ok or okay. I have both the accounts. You'll find me, and then uh, my Telegram is at okschizogram. And I run that with a few other people. You know, I dump some things in there. I've got people that post in there. But, you know, it's a good place to find some uh, some uh, some content that you if you're looking to go on down a rabbit hole or so. And then, uh, you know, through there, you can find my discord. You can find my Patreon where I do my workshops and I upload all my stuff, too. And then I, I have a SoundCloud where I'm uploading uh, my podcast right now. And I hope to upload in more places. Me and Flo were talking about that. I'm just still I'm new to the whole game. So I got to find a good home base to put everything. But I appreciate you having me on, man. Oaks the Green. Now, do you call yourself Oaks the Green because of OK Schizo? Is that where the Oaks that come is it. from? Yep. Okay. Yep. That's it. You under, you're, am, I, am I really that transparent, Float? Uh, no, I mean, you, but you, I, see, you see right through me. <laughs> I try to, I try to, I, I, I figure the green is, I, I say, well, he must be living out in the woods. Is that what that means? It's, it's, it, well, there's a bunch of oak trees around me. So all of every, all of it's a double entendre, right? I'm a riddler. I'm the jester, right? I like being the little clown. I like being. So, you know, Oaks comes from OK Schizo, right? That's my abbreviation for that. But also there's oak trees all around me. I live out in the woods. There's, I live in a national forest. There's trees all around me, the green. And then also for Pepe, the green. And I love the symbology behind Pepe. That's something I do oh, a lot of videos. Oh, content I, about. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's one thing I wanted to talk about that I'm glad you brought up. Mm -hmm. We still got time. If you got time. So my name, right? Oaks, the green. Uh, you can just... Uh, you know, I guess you'll, you can edit where it makes the most sense. You can cut it. But I'll say, you know, Oaks the Green, it comes from uh, OK Schizo, right? It's like the shortened version of that, right? OKS, uh, Oaks. Uh, and then the Green is, you know, uh, for, uh, you know, I live in the woods. Uh, I live in a national forest. There's a lot of trees around me. And most of the trees around me, about 80% of them are oak trees. So it's a kind of a double entendre in that sense. And then the Green comes from 4chan, like the Green right uh, the pepe yeah. is green and then also the the, the four-leaf clover is green and then also like uh, back in the day on 4chan there was sort of uh this this archetypical image of uh the, the anonymous like right the 4chan user and before it was pe before pepe and wojack there was this green face with no uh green body with no um, like face dr drawn on it that was a suit and like that was sort of like the original archetype of 4chan and he's green as well so wow sounds uh, like I, I, sounds like pepe's been trying to manifest himself here for a while I believe so. And uh, I believe that uh, I believe the frog is a highly, uh, you know, mimetic icon and symbol and archetype because the frog, the thing that's so interesting about the frog is that it has this semi-permeable skin, right? So it's, you know, water and the material that the frog is in can pass through the frog the same way that the frog can live in both the water and the the materium, right? The material world, the 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 right, the, right. The, the land. So the frog is this amphibian that is both semi-permeable and also uh, able to go through the 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 firmament of the world. So it's like Pepe. And then in Greek mythology, there's Keck, which is this Greek god that is representative of the, like their face is the frog, and they're the gatekeeper of of the the dimensions, right? The material world and the spiritual. You talking about the 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 Keck uh, stuff? That's where that all comes from. I, yes. I got the statue right here. I got the cult of Keck. Oh, I, I have mine too. The, yeah, I have. Yeah, with the meme magic little uh, hieroglyphics oh, on yes, it and all that. Yes. Yeah. I have mine sitting right next to me as well, my friend. And I got my Donald Trump Buddha right next to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one, but, you know, that's. Not, that's <laughs> but yeah, Do, uh, Pepe yes. the Frog, though. I, I've, been in, I've been into Pepe since before he was a meme on 4chan or any internet meme. I found him with the Matt Fury comic. When the feels mm -hmm. good man, him taking his yep. pants down to pee, and he's like, mm -hmm. "It feels good, man." And then yes. he has just come all this way 
uh, in 2016 to be a, an alt-right symbol of hate to, I think, surviving that. Matt Fury tried to take him back there with his documentary. I don't know if you saw that. Did you see the documentary? I, I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. It was pretty that. good. It was pretty good. It was, yeah. Now, and then there's the, the gripers or the gropers, however you want to say it. Do you, what do you think about? Oh, yes, the, the gropers. So uh, my take on that is that the groper existed before the movement. Nick Fuentes, who's the leader of that group, I'm not that familiar with him, but uh, you know, he he basically used the meme, the groiper, and sort of made that part of his movement um, and adopted the term the groiper along with the symbology of that for his fan base, which I don't really know what they stand for. I, I know it's uh, something to do with like uh, patriotism and all of that. I don't really listen. Well, I thought it, it was but... basically a, a play on the word griper because they're griping about everything. Um, I've heard it pronounced not, two different ways. I've heard groiper and griper. No, it's uh, from, from what I from my meme, right? As a meme anthropologist, I'm pretty sure it's uh, groiper uh, is what I'm not sure if the, I, I fail to remember if that term originated with Nick Fuentes or it was from like because when I was on when the, that image, the image is the first thing that it came from was before the name. And I believe that they would call that sort of poo poo pee pee was the name of that particular variation of Pepe. And it was like the most vile and disgusting of all of the Pepe. Like that would be the one that is like, uh, you know, pooping on all and pissing all over the ground. And yeah, yeah. Danny, the janitors have to clean it up. So it's yeah. like sort of like the most vile version of Pepe. Well, that's the thing. That, that, yeah. That, yeah, he's he's associated the 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 groiper in my in in my I guess relatively when I first encountered it, I thought, well, these are the people that are the most extreme on the right using this guy. But then as I got, yeah, they've, for, they've adopted it. I mean, using these symbols for your political movement is uh, basically asking you don't want to channel a chaos entity like Pepe and try to make it into a political movement. That's <laughs> it's like playing with fire you know it's going to burn you at some point well yeah because pepe don't play that game no pepe only plays its own game pepe the thing so you're talking about like feels good man right and like the original comic of pepe right with the feels good man and that sort of brings in wojack which a uh, wojack before it was called wojack was called feels bad man yeah. or the feels guy so they're yeah. sort of like this yin and yang of the meme universe that's true. You always see right. a, uh, you always see a, a Pepe a laughing or smoking a cigar, and you always see a, a mm -hmm. Wojak like crying or something. Yes, and it's because Pepe sort of represents like this Dionysus esque, uh, you know, sort of rebellion against the status quo, against the standard, against the normal. Yes, right. The yes. Pepe is smug. The Pepe is smirking. The Pepe is a, the Sigma male. It plays its own game, while the Wojak uh, is more of a beta and concedes to the system, right? And that's why the Wojak is seen as like the wagey, right? Seeing Warren yeah. like, working at McDonald's because it's it's willing to give up its own identity and willing to give up its own uh, sense of value to conform and play the game, while the Pepe would rather just you know be comfy. Yeah, no, I, I love it when I see a Pepe. I don't care what kind of Pepe it is. When I see a Pepe, yes, my, I feel at home. My favorite Pepe right now are the Apu ones. Like yes. the little baby frogs. Yes. I, yes. I, I like those ones. They make me smile. Now, where did that guy come from? It's just that there's, there's many mutations of Pepe and they, they kind of break through into different sections of the internet. Like Apu is very popular on like Twitch and Discord. And now it's kind of becoming more popular on 4chan. Um, and then there's also it, it, Peepo, it, it, yeah, and well, there's like Peepo, there's uh, uh, Bobo Bear, there's all these mutations. Well, that's the thing. Apu is really, a lot of the people that are in the Q movement that use the frogs, they, they're they either uh, groipers or they like to use Apu. 
Now, do you do you follow Breb Manfriend at all, or uh, the Daily Breb? Do you do you know? Do you, yeah, I, I I'm on his uh, his Telegram. That I don't guy, follow that well, but I, I'm I'm familiar with his work, and I, I always like scrolling through to see what he posts. But I, I don't really uh, I'm not that well known with it. If you want to follow somebody in the Q movement that is really a digger that really brings the bread, that's the guy because he's exposed General Flynn in the past probably three or four months, mm-hmm. and that was that was huge huge that he did that mm-hmm. i don't know if you follow, follow that story at all but there was a big, I, I i really i haven't heard about it there was a big not, rift, I, i've rift. seen ripples of it but i don't i don't uh that's not really my side of the internet too much but i've seen like the rippling effects of people you know discussing general flynn and all this controversy but i don't i don't know the nitty-gritty details I mean, of it yeah I mean, at the end of the day general flynn like was the ultimate spook and we all got played right and the q movement like he was actually the keystone to understanding q's post right if you understood that that flynn was actually an infiltrator and he was bad then you look at those Q posts a different way. But for fucking three or four years, everybody's thinking that Flynn's a good guy and they're not understanding the keystone. And again, I could be 100% wrong, right? Because the Q posts are, I believe, from the future, from some kind of like quantum God entity machine thing. I don't know what it is. I don't know what Q is ultimately, but I think it is div- divine in nature somehow. I don't know if you feel that at all. Is it but aren't I, I- well, isn't everything? Well, well that's <laughs> right? true. That's true. That, that that is true. Even Hillary Clinton's divine. We all, no matter how hard we try, you know, we cannot get rid of the divine spark that's within us all. Right. You know, some, some people repress that, and that's where you get more of the left-hand path and the the elites and the, this fixation on transhumanism and transcendence and escaping your uh, mortal flesh. Right. So, being twenty-two years old and gone through the past two years, having missed out on probably a big chunk of your college and other things at that particular time in life what are you black pilled white pilled is there hope for the future what do you, what, 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 what i'm you, green what pilled gonna... i've developed my own there's a the green i've taken the green pill right that's What's another that? play What's on my name pill? oaks the green so the green pill was a meme on 4chan that originated like in like 2008 and it was like on the literature board and the x board and for a long time like the green pill was seen as sort of like the mascot for x and it was like a comic book series where there were all these different pills like this is where the the term pill right it originated from the matrix right red pill blue pill but all of these other pills are all a part of this uh 4chan comic book series where they have all of the pills as different characters that interact with each other and you know there was not one single creator of that there was everyone that contributes to it and so the green pill is like sort of like the uh, the opponent of the illuminati in this this uh, mythos so the, the the green pill is like enlightened it's their they're uh, sort of like the uh it's the cozy pill it's uh, it's it's like the magic pill, you know. It's the mystic pill, right? It's the uh, in many ways it's cozy, uh, but it's so it's so, a it's a, li- it's a what, lifestyle. And I, I have a reading list in my uh, in my, if you go to my link tree or on my Discord, I have it posted. I have a reading list that's sort of like you know how to become green pilled. Well, what's the green pill perspective on surviving the globalist uh, attempt to reset the world? Like what? What is somebody like you going to do? Yeah. You're going to you're going to stay in the woods. You're going to go out to the city uh, square and start yelling. What are you going to storm the Capitol? What does somebody like you do? Green pill. <laughs> well, the, the green pill is, uh, you know, it's just, it's. The green pill is a you know direct opponent of the Illuminati, right? But I believe it spreads its message through, uh, you know, only words and memes and symbols, right? It's like the, it's like Terrence McKenna's uh, or not Terrence McKenna. Uh, if you've ever heard of Alan Watts's The Joker, that is the green pill. The green pill is the one who's aware of the game and chooses not to play it, right? They, it's a, uh, it's all a. Uh, 
it's heavily tied to concepts like Gnosticism and Hermanticism. And mm-hmm. I believe at the end of the tunnel, it all is Taoism. But I do, too. And that's why I'm not I'm cozy. And I guess I'm green pill yes. in that respect. Stay cozy. Yes. I, I would call my perspective white pill. But I guess green pill is another way to look at it. Like I have hope well, that uh, in, the- in the mytho. Yeah. You, you finish. I'm well, sorry. I just have hope that the universe finds balance, right? And that yes. good wins in the end. Yes. The green pill would agree with the white pill in the sense that good always wins, right? The house always wins, right? Uh, the, the the attempts of the Illuminati are futile, effortless, and uh, ultimately delusional. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really good way to end this podcast, which is there's hope and God always, whatever you consider God to be, this loving oneness will always thwart the unjust and liars and, you know, deceptive, deceptive people. The truth uh, cannot be buried. Um, the truth will be revealed. All lies, as Lynn Wood would say, all lies will be, will be revealed, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and just to add on that as we're wrapping up, the, the word apocalypse is Greek for secrets revealed. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're seeing the apocalypse right now, right? We're seeing a apocalypse of this era, right? Of this phase of humanity, the the lies and the corruption and the delusions of the the Illuminati is beginning to become uh, un, it's unraveling itself in cosmic poetry, right? With it's the pendulum is swinging back and it's breaking away from this institutional power and giving the power back to the people, right? That is what meme magic is. That's what memes are all about. Memes are our language. It's the language of the people. It's the language of the resistance. You cannot win a war by defining yourself with the terms and the language of your captors. You must develop your own systems of of thought that transcend language. And that's what memes are all about, right? Don't use language or ideology. uh, Don't let it make you into a tool, right? Use it as a tool. The antithesis to propaganda. Exactly. Very good. Well, it's been a pleasure. The Instagram is OKSchizo, O-K-S-C-H-I-Z-O. And there's the other one, O-K-Y, Schizo. Yes. The podcast is Pondering with Oaks. You can you definitely need to check him out on Instagram, follow him. He's got the best curated content, the best original content all mixed together. You can go down the rabbit hole, the X-Files, the FBI, the Green Pill. Um, oh, yes. Are you the, uh, what's the, are you the clown news network or whatever the the, the happening ha- times the happening times is that you yes yes okay. that's also me okay cool i like that one i i get likes i'm like oh who is it? i'm like it might be him but it might not be me. yeah i i don't use that one as much because it pretty much the happening times just became my telegram just because of censorship on instagram all right my friend well any so last I, I sort words of migrated for us? that um, you know, um, I guess my last words would be, uh, you know, if you've made it this far uh, listening to this, I, I really commend you and uh, I, I thank you for listening to my, uh, my rambles and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to hear more, uh, you know, check out my stuff, uh, you know, OK Schizo Pondering Podcast uh, uh, and uh, oh, I've got yeah. all that on SoundCloud right now. But... And you'll have a shop up soon too. Oh yeah, I'm working on a shop called Chapel Perilous. Uh, on Instagram. It's at chapelperilous.shop and you can find the link to that on uh, my Instagram page in my description. Awesome, man. Well, oh yeah. thanks again. Uh, yeah, thank you uh, for having me, man. I hope course. we can do it again yeah. soon oh, sometime. Definitely. I'm, whenever you're ready for yours, I'm already ready to go. Um, All right, man. I'll reach out and, to you. And, and we could have easily talked for another two hours. I, I, and I, I really imagine since we got established and warmed up and all that stuff, we've been really going nice here. So I appreciate it. You're enlightened, man. 
Um, keep up the good work. I really appreciate what you're doing. It keeps me entertained at a minimum. So if you're ever feeling down, because people tell me all the time, like, hey, man, don't stop. Because some days I want to quit. I'm like, what the fuck is the point of this? But one person will message me or leave a comment like, you really made my day. And so I keep going. And so I say the same to you, my friend. If you ever get down, if you ever get tired of doing what you're doing, you're inspiring me at a minimum. So know that I'm out here enjoying your content. Keep it up. Thank you, man. That means a lot, especially coming from you. I've been a, a longtime fan of everything you do. And, uh, you know, I consider you like the uh, you're like the you're like the founding father of Schizogram, you know, in many ways. You've, you were like the pioneer uh, that led to many of this, especially through the vehicle of meme pages and everything that you've that. done. And on my Discord server, a lot of people refer to you as like Uncle Float or, oh, you know, well, you're, you're... I appreciate that. That means a lot to me, actually, because I get so dis I got so discouraged by being taken down couple times the past year and losing my accounts and i propped up a lot of big psychedelic accounts over the past five years on instagram and i got it's you know it's nothing nobody right it's, nobody it's wants the, to it's the modern me. day inquisition right yeah once you're once you're blacklisted a lot of people don't want nothing to do with you because it'll affect their algorithm they might get banned all kinds of stuff so i get it i get it so i really appreciate you saying that and everybody else that listens and loves it i I like doing and I like the memes. I love Pepe and I love people that are like minded and are doing the same thing, man. So I'm glad that we're activated and we're on the battlefield together. Oh, yeah, man. And it's like, you know, when it when it comes to like Instagram, Instagram accounts getting deleted. Right. It's uh, you can uh, you can delete the account, but you cannot delete the idea. And I certainly think that you've through everything you've done. You've achieved what I like to refer to as quantum immortality, where your messaging and your everything you've been tossing out. Right. Has been uh, it's manifested in many ways and it's going to continue. to. I really appreciate that. You've planted the seeds for many people. That was well, that was one of the goals in the beginning was just create enough content on every platform that if it, it just is there indefinitely just floating around the internet forever because sometimes i'll see a meme i made three years ago on iFunny or facebook i'm like oh that's nice it, it's come back around and there it is so it's really cool to see oh yes and that's that's the best thing about making memes is seeing it grow its own wings and fly yep. right yep. <laughs> yes. cool man well i appreciate you uh oaks the green you have a great night and uh we'll talk to you next time youtube buddy peace and love yes sir man god bless bye-bye He was the wizard of a thousand kings And I chanced to meet him one night wandering He told me tales and he drank my wine Me and my magic man kind of feel